Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here as we move through our Transformed series. But you know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the three pastors that decided, hey, let's go fishing? And so they're out on the lake fishing, and they started talking and said, you know, we never get to let our hair down, never really uh, get to do that. So let's just do that. And one of them said, I know what we can do. Let's just confess our greatest sin to each other. It's just between us three, you know, just let it. And so he said, I'll, I'll start. I said, you know, I have this problem. I have a problem with gambling. And I'm telling you, late at night, I, I slip out and, and, and I, I go gamble. And uh, they listened and said, okay. And then the next guy spoke up and said, well, I've got a problem too. I've got a problem with cheating. I'm telling you, I haven't paid my taxes in years. And then they looked at the third guy, and the third guy didn't say anything. He just sat there. And they waited, and they waited, and they finally said, wait a minute. said, you're not getting off this boat until you confess your greatest sin. He said, well, I hate to tell you this. He said, my greatest sin is gossiping. And I can't wait to get off this boat. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're here as we uh, continue in our series called Transformed. I really feel like that the messages that are presented in this series have the potential to change all of our lives. This series is about your potential. I believe this series is about uh, the possibilities for your future. And it's my desire to see that your life truly or change from the inside out so that you could have the best life possible. This series is built on a verse from Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, and we've had this verse every week so far. But today we're going to have a little twist. We're going to read it from the New Living Translation. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, New Living Translation said, Now don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but let God transform you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So over the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about how to change your life by changing your mind. And the big idea for the talk is this. The big idea is that God is far more interested in changing your mind than he is in changing your circumstances. God's far more interested in changing your mind than he is in changing your circumstances. If you're like me, I'm always going to God for help with my circumstances. You know, those things on the outside. God, can you help me with this problem? Can you help me with that problem? Uh, And we take away all the pain and the sorrow and the suffering. And all of my focus is on what's happening out there. And God said, wait a minute. Let's talk about the inside. Because genuine change takes place from the inside out and not necessarily from the outside in. So if you're going to change your life, you have to change the way you think. You have to change the way you think. Why do you do this? I think there's three reasons. I think, first of all, I've got to change the way I think because my thoughts control my actions. My thoughts control my actions. Every single action begins 
with a thought. Whether it's a good one or a bad one. Every action. It begins with a thought. Um, if you have a good thought, that, that good thought will eventually lead to a good or positive action. Now, if you have a negative thought, a bad thought, that thought will eventually lead to a bad action. Proverbs said it this way, Above all, be careful what you think because your thoughts control your life. So be careful what you think because your thoughts are going to control your life. So my thoughts control my actions. Secondly, my thoughts become a battleground for sin. My thoughts become a battleground for sin. All temptation starts out in the mind. So many times we think that temptation is out there, uh, out there somewhere, and we need to guard ourselves from that, but really it starts from a desire on the inside of us. When you think about uh, maybe a pride or lust or bitterness, uh, all of those things like that, they start in our minds, and then they start to work themselves outward. So we've got to learn how to manage our mind. It's interesting, uh, Paul wrote these words. Now, Paul, just a little background, he is one of the greatest leaders of all time in the secular world and in the Christian world. But yet, this great leader that wrote 13 books in the, uh, in the Bible struggled. He struggled with, uh, with negative thoughts. In Romans chapter 7 and verse 22, he says, For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. And no doubt that you can resonate with that because you have a delight for God's law. You wouldn't be here at 12 noon on a Sunday if you did not have a delight or desire for God's word. So he says, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me. And it's waging war against the law of my mind. And it's making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work in me. So there's another thing going on. Yes, I've had this delight for God's law, but there's another side. Have you ever felt like that, that there's this battle going on in your brain, that there's a one way of thinking, and then there's this other whole thought pattern that comes in, and there becomes a warfare going on. Why does this happen? Satan knows um, that whoever gets your attention, whoever controls your thoughts, controls you. And so he is this battleground. Your mind becomes this battleground where he's constantly working against you. Well, I've got to change. If I'm going to uh, change the way I think, I've got to uh, I do this because my thoughts really control my happiness. When we, just very practically, when you start thinking good thoughts... That's going to take you down a path where there's peace and there's life. You know, if, if you let your thoughts just go crazy, just go out there, it's going to lead to tension and stress. It's going to lead uh, uh, to pressure. But when you learn how to control your thoughts, it's going to take you down a pathway of peace. Roman said it like this. It says, so uh, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But notice this. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life, and it leads to peace. That's why we often say, God, let the Holy Spirit control us. God, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when God fills us, it takes us down a pathway of life and takes us down a pathway of peace. So that is why constantly, God, fill me with your presence. God, give me your insight. God, let your words flow through me. Give me the words to say. 
I am praying those kind of prayers throughout the day. God, give me the words to say. It says, because when we let the Spirit control us, we'll have life and peace. Well, what are we going to do? How do we move into that realm? How do we come to the place where the Spirit controls us? I think that we do three things. First of all, if we want to have this healthy mind, we've got to feed it. We've got to feed your mind with truth. You must feed your mind with truth. You know, we all know the importance of nutrition. We know the importance and the benefit of good calories. When you have good calories, it's going to help you to operate at your best. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be healthier. You're going to have more energy. But on that occasion, when you have bad calories, the bad calories have a tendency to make you sluggish. It makes you tired. It makes you worn out. And bad calories can make you want to just lay on the couch. And so this struggle of feeding good or bad uh, also speaks to our spirit. It speaks to what we feed our mind. So we've got to feed our mind those things that are positive and good report, those things that are uplifting because our mind and our thoughts will take us on the road that they're focused on. So when you think about that, if we're going to feed our mind with truth, what does Jesus say? Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 32 that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if we can get the truth in us, it's going to put us on a pathway of freedom. It's going to put us on a pathway to life. And you will make your best decisions when you have the truth in you. When you have the right information, you're going to make the best decisions possible. And so that's why we encourage you to let the truth of God come in your life and let it feed your soul. It is so important that the truth of God's Word gets in us because it will change us. How is that? It will wash your mind. You know, so many times people say, Marty, you don't, must not live in the world I live in because I live in a world that's always just bombarding my mind with all this junk. How do I get my mind cleansed? How do I get this junk out of my life? Well, the Bible says you can wash your mind. Now, not with soap, not even with prayer even though that would help. But you wash your mind with God's Word, that when you read the Bible, that it's a cleansing agent. It's it's really remarkable that it has a way of washing your mind uh, with the truth, and when you do that, that leads you to a place of freedom. It's important that we feed on God's Word. Jesus said it this way, man shall not live by bread alone, but what by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he is pushing uh, his listeners to wash their minds with the Word because he understands the Word of God will give them the strength they need. Here's the second thing. If we're going to have this healthy mind, you've got to free your mind from destructive thoughts. Your mind needs to be delivered. Your, your mind needs to be released. Your, not, your mind needs to... Uh, be set free because so many people and so many of us, we're prisoners to our thought lives. We're prisoners of what people have said to us or people have uh, put on us. And it doesn't matter if it's true or not true. Sometimes people will speak things, destructive thoughts on you, and those destructive thoughts will be the very thing that keeps you back. It will hold you like prisoner. It's those negative thoughts. 
And somebody has spoken that over you, but it is not the truth. It's, it's far from the truth. But yet you have held on to that and you have believed that as if it were the truth and it is not the truth. I'll never forget when I was in high school, I was called, uh, I was called to preach when I was 13 years old. But I didn't tell a lot of people I was called to preach. I specifically did not tell my um, English composition teacher, Miss Simmons. She was not... Uh, she was not friendly to people of faith. In fact, she would talk down about faith and she would challenge your faith and, and it was just not a, a good thing if, if she knew you and uh, were a believer. And we had a guy in our classroom named uh, Calvin Moore and, and Calvin was called in the ministry. And so she heard that Calvin was called in the ministry. I definitely wasn't telling anybody I was called in the ministry, okay? And she heard that Calvin was called in the ministry and she was like, own him every day. Well, what does the Bible say about that? And she would just like demean him. And after several months, you know, Calvin had all that he could stand. And finally he said, well, why are you always uh, picking on me? He said, you know, Marty's called to preach too. Why don't you pick on him? And at that moment I was outed. And she looked over at me and had the biggest laugh. She laughed out loud and she said, you're called to preach. She said, if you interpret the Bible like you interpret my poetry, I feel sorry for your congregation. <laughs> and so I heard that. She spoke that over me, and so I received that. And so you hear things like that that you receive. And, um, and so, and I probably made a C in that class. C would have been good in that class. I can't remember what I made in that class, but it's probably a C. Um, because, but, you know, that sets the tone for, okay, you think that you'll be just an average student and that you'll, you'll have a limit on where you can go. Some of you feel like that you have a limit of how far you can go because of somebody some, uh, has spoken over you. Maybe they said you were this or you were that, and you received that as truth. And so every time you start to move forward, there's this like glass ceiling, and that becomes your limit because that's what you believe that you can do. And I probably uh, skated through college with that in the back of my mind. Okay, I can only expect this. And it was when I uh, got to Sanford University in a, a graduate program that uh, Dr. Cooley said, I want to talk to you in my office. And he, he took me around to his office and we sat down and he said, I just want to talk to you because I really feel like that you have the, the ability to do a, a doctorate. And when he said that, that's the first time anybody had ever planted that seed where I really believed that it could happen. That he spoke that and I received that, uh, the voice of truth for me. I received God's word for me. And, um, and he spoke that into existence. And several years later, I, I did that whole process and so forth. But so many times, instead of... Um, Going forward, we listen to those voices that keep us back. And I just want to speak to you. I want you to hear the voice of truth. 
I want you to hear the voice of truth that God has a plan for your life. I want you to hear the voice of truth that you have putting limitations on your life. But God wants to do immeasurably more than you have asked for. He wants to do immeasurably more than you even believe you can do. Because there's a power that works in you. It is the power of the Spirit. It is the power of God. And you have limited yourself and you have limited your, um, your life because of some lie somebody has spoken over you. But hear the voice of truth because the truth of Jesus will bring you freedom. And you've got to free your mind from these destructive thoughts because the enemy wants to come in and hold you back. Now, when you think about your enemies, I think there's three that we need to make mention of. First of all, the first enemy is your old identity. Paul talks about your old self that keeps him, uh, that kept him in a, a mental tug of war, a mental bondage. Go back to Romans chapter 7 and verse 23. He said, but I see another work uh, in me waging war. There's those words again, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Some of you know this feeling. You feel like there's a battle in your mind and it's waging war. It's not just a battle, but it's, it's a warfare and, and it makes you feel like you're locked into that. You're, you're a prisoner. Well, if you feel like that, then the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest leaders of all time, felt that way too. And notice the language. He's using warfare language. Because he knows it's a battle. And the battle is in your brain. You may have the best intentions, but for whatever reason you succumb to that battle going on in your brain and you give up and you cower down and you walk away. That old identity is not your friend. That old identity, that reputation, is not your friend. Look, you may have had a bad reputation in your past, but that reputation does not have to direct and determine your future. That reputation is washed, can be washed under the blood of Jesus Christ. All those things that you have done wrong can be washed away, that you can be made new, you can be cleansed, and, and many of you have, but for whatever reason, that old identity comes back and knocks on your door, that old identity is speaking those negative things over you, but I need you to stand firm and say, no, I have been washed, I have been cleansed, I have been made new, I have been sanctified, I have been set apart, I am not that person, I am a new person in Christ Jesus. And too many times that, that old identity tries to hold us back and becomes, um, it becomes a, a prison for us. The second enemy we have is Satan. Satan wants to control your mind. He wants to control your mind with negative thoughts. How does he do that? You're in a conversation. Somebody says something over you. Maybe it was intentional, maybe it wasn't intentional, but you received it in a negative way. And that, that thought, that becomes a barrier for you. Or maybe you have seen something on social media. And it doesn't have to be something bad. Maybe it's something good. Maybe you see somebody else 
having a baby or somebody else getting a promotion or somebody else moving into a new house and instead of rejoicing with your friend who's had this happen in your mind you're thinking well I'll never get to do that I'll never get to and you start to talk yourself out of it and you start to put this negative talk on you saying that you will never God's bigger than that God's bigger than that But Satan comes in to try to plant those negative thoughts in you, and he's trying to keep you from living below your potential. I think our third enemy that we wrestle with is is the culture or the world's value system. It's the culture around us. You know, we struggle with the world, the flesh, and and the devil, the Bible says. He said, for everything in the world, 1 John 2, everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. So the world uh, is an influence. There's influencers in the world. We know that because you're on Instagram. And you see on Instagram, you see all of the influencers coming to the forefront. And it is a way that uh, they can use their influence to, to plant seeds in your life. Again, are they positive or are they negative? What kind of uh, thoughts are you going to allow in your life and to allow to control you? Again, we're warring against this cultural thing. And, and uh, the world comes at you and, and uh, lies to you and, and says, you need to go after this, you need to go for this, this is for you. And, and really, you can sum up their message in four things. It's about power, it's about pleasure, It's about fame, and it's about fortune. So the four things the culture is just uh, really bombarding you with advertisements, bombarding you with thoughts and pictures, it's about power, pleasure, fame, fortune. Those are the four things the world just comes at at you. And so then this desire starts to uh, work on you, and there becomes this battle. One of the most powerful scriptures that deal with this mental battle comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And it said these words. It said, for though we live in the world, we've got to live in this world, right? This is, this is where we are. We don't wage war as the world does. In other words, we, we live with a different set of values. We live with a different tool bag, okay? We don't wage war. We don't have the same arsenal that the world has. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, our weapons that we fight with, our tools that we use, uh, they have divine power. They have God's power on our tools, okay? They have divine power to demolish strongholds. I want you to uh, think about the word strongholds. We're going to talk about that in a minute. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Every thought. Because what? The battleground is in the mind. And you've got to come to the place where you take captive every thought. And you make that thought obedient to Christ. You make that thought obedient to Christ. Now, when we look at this, this is warfare language because he knows that this battle is a big battle. It's a mental battle. 
He says we need to demolish the stronghold. Well, first of all, what is a stronghold? A spiritual stronghold in my life is a lie that I believe. A spiritual stronghold in my life is a lie that I believe. Behind every sin is some lie that you are believing. Behind every sin that you do is some lie that you are believing. Satan is a liar. He is a father of lies. And he will say whatever he can to get you to believe the lie. And when you believe that lie, it is like he is welcoming you into a place of bondage, a place of uh, a prison, as it would say. Um, and how do we fight this? Well, we've got to be, go on the offensive. We've got to take captive every thought. Uh, that word literally means to conquer. It means to bring under control. We've got to bring our thought life under control. We've got to make it obedient. We've got to cause it to surrender and to submit. I think the reason that most people are ineffective in life is because they've never learned how to fight the battle of the mind. And they've just, que sera, sera, they just, whatever will be, will be, and they just allow their mind to go uh, to places that it doesn't need to go. And when your mind goes there, what happens? Your steps will follow those thoughts. But I'm saying to you a different message. I'm saying that when those thoughts come to you, and they will come because we live in a real world, that you are going to take authority and you're going to bring that into captivity. You're going to break the strongholds. You're not going to be ignorant of the devil's devices, but you're going to recognize the tools that he uses. He uses tools like temptation to take you down a path That will hold you captive. Now, temptation. James said it this way. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So in these, um, these two verses, what we understand is that temptation is a process. It's a process. A lot of people say, oh, man, it just caught me off guard. I just didn't see it coming. Oh, really? Very seldom are we truly caught off guard. But you see, Satan starts with desires. This is a, how, uh, how he works. The Bible says, don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. This is how he works. He starts off with a desire. You know, all of us have desires. We have God-given desires inside of us. You have God-given desires in your body. What are they? Well, you have a desire for water. You have a desire for food, right? You need water. You need food. You need sleep. You need sex. And you need uh, success. Those are those desires God has given us. So if God has given us those kind of desires, what's Satan going to do? He's going to come and try to manipulate and uh, take those desires down the wrong path. And when he takes those desires down the wrong path, it enslaves us and it takes those things that were intended for good and they cause us to run amok and go down the wrong path. And so temptation turns a natural routine desire into a runaway desire. For instance, fire in a fireplace is a good thing. It warms the room. Fire, 
on your stove top, it's a good thing it can cook a great meal. But uncontrolled fire can burn your house down. Uncontrolled fire can wreak havoc. When God's gifts are misused and abused, it can burn your house down. But it all starts with a desire. And then Satan moves from that desire. He puts that picture here and said, you deserve this. This is for you. You need this. You need everybody else has this. And that whole conversation in your mind starts taking you down that path. By showing you pictures, by telling you stories, by um, all of this. And, And you're going there in your mind. And then his second tool is he starts to cast doubt. He says to you, God really doesn't love you. God doesn't really have a plan for you. I mean, really. I mean, did God really say that? Did God really say sex outside of marriage is, uh, is wrong? Did God really say that? Did, did God really say that you have to forgive? I mean, shouldn't you be getting even here? Did God really say it's more blessed to give than to receive? Did he really? And then all of a sudden he's play, placing that doubt in us. Then that doubt goes to deception where he starts to, uh, he replaces God's truth with his lies and he starts to deceive us and take us down this path to a path of disobedience and defeat. And there he holds us enslaved. We don't need to go there. We don't need to go there. Let me just sum it up. Now I want you to hear this. If I flirt with it, I will fall for it. If I flirt with it, I will fall for it. You know, this morning when I got up, I was just thinking about today's message and everything else. And then this this thought came to me. You know, if I flirt with it, I'll fall for it. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Have you ever thought that if you flirt with it, you'll fall for it? I'm, I'm sure you are really intellectual folks and intellectual giants, but did you, has anybody ever told you that if you flirt with it, you'll fall for it? No. I'm, some of you are looking so surprised. You, you probably never heard that if you flirt with it, you'll fall for it. Do you get the point? What's the point? If you flirt with it, you will... Oh, that was weak. But... Here's what I need you to hear this week. If you flirt with it, you will fall for it. Don't think that you are too strong. Don't think that you've got it all under control and that you're just going to play with this just a little bit because if you flirt with it, you will fall for it. And so just be on your guard. Don't go there. You say, what do I need to do? Well, I need to focus my mind on the right things. There's a lot of destructive things out there, but I need to... Be on the offensive. I need to focus my mind. And I need to focus it on the right things. The Bible says, whatsoever the things are good and lovely and a good report, think on these things. Focus your mind. Bring every thought into captivity. Wash your mind. You know, get God's Word in you. Listen to uh, podcasts. You know, you can download the podcast from this service and you can listen to it over and over. Listen to WAFJ, getting God's word sung over you. That's how we feed or focus our mind on the right things. We we think about the Lord. When those things come, just 
focus on the Lord. God, let my mind be uh, on you. Let, um, Paul said it this way, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. I woke up praying that today, God. Uh, let, your, let me have your mind. Let me have your thoughts. Let me have your words. Let me speak your words. I'm telling you, that's a prayer that you should pray all, all week long. God, give me the words to say. Let me speak your life. Because you see, when you start to speak his truth, you're speaking freedom, and you're walking down that path of freedom. So we want to focus our mind on the right things. We're going to think about the Lord. We're going to think about other people. We're going to think about others because it's not, this world would say to you, it's all about you. But we all know that's not true. It's about him. It's about other people. And so we, we focus on other people. And Colossians 3 and 2 said, set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Earthly things. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about your future. Just for a moment. I want to focus my mind on the right things, and, and with that in mind, I want you to think about your future. Let's say, if you continue thinking the same thoughts that you have been thinking, where are you going to be in 12 months from now? Where are you going to be in three years from now? If you continue to do the same thing that you are doing right now, where are you going to be in three years? Where are you going to be in five years? Because you see, as a man thinketh, so he becomes. And so we start to walk down that path. So where are you going to be in five years, ten years? Where are you going to be in eternity? Eternity. One day, you and I are going to stand before a holy God and we're going to give an account of our one and only life. Yes, one day we're going to stand before God. And it could be in 20 years or 40 years or 60 years, or for some of you it may be in 80 years. But some of you it may not be. doesn't matter your age. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So if you were to stand before a holy God and, and have to give an account of your life, and he said, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? Now, I realize some of you are good sales folks. And you have already dreamed up your defense. You've already got it going on, and you're saying, oh, well, I, would, I would tell him this, and, I would, and you would build the case of everything that you've done. And you're trying to build that case, and you'd say, well, you know, uh, I gave to the church, and, and I attended church, and, and you know, the Dream Center, I volunteered at the Dream Center, and, and you know, that helped a lot of people. In fact, it helped 17,000 people just in one year. And you start building your case for that. And what you realize, you will realize, that all of your good works are not going to be able to outweigh the bad works that you've done. And then when you're building your case, he's going to say, not of works of righteousness should any man boast. It's not about works. Because we just can't do enough good works. So if I'm going to focus my mind on the right things, what, is the right, what are the right things? I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm going to focus on others. I'm going to focus on eternity. I want to get eternity right. Have you gotten eternity right? 
He said, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm saying that one day you're going to give an account of your one and only life. And one day, when you do that, do you know what you'll say? The only thing that will get you through the gates is this. I have trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's the only way. I have trusted Jesus Christ. In other words, I couldn't do enough good works. I needed a Savior. That's the story of Christmas. God sent His Son to be a Savior. He died on a cross. The third day He rose from the grave. That's the story of Easter. He paid for the penalty of your sin. So when we start thinking about eternity, that's what we need to think about, what Jesus has done, and that we come to the place where we say, God, come into my life and forgive me. Pay my penalty. Pay for my misdeeds. Pay for uh, my sins and my actions. Cleanse me. Have you done that? Have you made that decision? Say, Jesus, I need help. I need you to save me. You see, I must focus my mind on the right things. I want to think about Jesus. I want to think about other people. I want to think about my future. Maybe next year, maybe uh, in 10 years, 20 years, my legacy. What, how, what kind of an impact am I leaving in the world? And what about my eternity? Well, If you were to die today, do you know where you would go? You can know. This is not, hey, I hope I've done the right thing. Or No, you can know. And I just want, over the next few minutes, I want to pray two prayers. I want to pray, first of all, for those individuals that have never made a decision to follow Jesus, and today is your day. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to worry. You just say, Jesus, I need help. Will you save me? He's paid the price already. He's knocking on your, the door of your heart. He's saying, come let me in. Let me be a... You see, God wants you to be a part of his family. Will you do that? Today's your day. Don't put this off anymore, but let today be that day. Well, let's bow our heads and I'll pray over you. But also, uh, I want to pray over those that are struggling with those battles in your mind. But let's, let's deal with the most important thing right now is that are you saved? Have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Today is the day you can do that. Now I'm going to pray a prayer over you, then I'm going to ask you to join with me and I'll lead you in this process. Father, we bow our heads today and we pray and we ask that you would be with us in this room and to those who are watching online now. And Father, there are people here that have never made a decision to follow you. And I pray in the name of Jesus that today would be that day. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want you to say that. Jesus, forgive me. Pray this. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person you'd have me to be. Say this. Say, I give you my life. I give you my past. I, I give you my future. I'm yours. Fill me with your spirit. Now, Father, as they pray that prayer, I ask that you would just do your work. God, let freedom come.
And Lord, as I, I look at this audience, I understand that there are a lot of folks here in this room that they've prayed that prayer but they are like Paul, the Apostle Paul, and they had this battle going on in their mind. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would give them the power to overcome these negative thoughts. God, I pray that you would uh, show us what to do to bring every thought into captivity. Father, I pray right now for those negative voices to be silenced that nobody but Jesus will run your life, that nobody but Jesus will speak of your future, that nobody but Jesus. Father, come and move upon. And I speak, Lord, that the, the enemy, had, how he has come in to steal and to kill and destroy. I pray in the name of Jesus that we push back the darkness and we receive the power of your Spirit. So come, Lord. I pray for those that are, are battling to a point where it has led you to a place of depression. And Father, I ask that you would lift the load. I ask that you would give the strength, but I ask that you would bring mostly healing in this moment. God, let freedom come. I pray for those that are struggling with addiction. And it seems like that they would stand up and they would say today, yes, I want to be free of this. But then there's another um, voice there that's waging war against this. I pray in the name of Jesus that the voice of alcohol and the voice of drugs and the voice of pornography and those voices that hold us bound, that they would be dispelled and that nobody but Jesus would run your life. And so, Father, we look to you and we receive what you have for us. We receive this good news. We receive this power. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Be blessed today. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.